Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. I love this program. I really do. I love engaging with all of my uh, guests because in my mind, they are the sages of today. These are the people that um, through their experience in life house much wisdom and insight. And so I'm excited to have Laura come today and talk about her journey. Laura, I want you to tell them everything that you've done, and I want to welcome you to Threads of Enlightenment family, and thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, Introduce yourself to us. (laughs) Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Laura Patricia Martin. I am the creator and founder of Healing to Happy, which is a luxury brand that helps women that have been through trauma help heal themselves through nutrition, specifically those that are struggling with IBS anxiety. Um, We've gone on to help hundreds of women around the globe. It started out with just IBS and gut stuff and then transitioned into anxiety. And now they come together and realize how they're so connected. And most of our clients have gone through some type of trauma in their life that set off their nervous system. So we help to regulate that and help make peace with food and life and get back to enjoying the pleasures of things and just keeping it really simple, which I love doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I know I'll take you back to the beginning, but um, I had a revelation a couple of of weeks ago, having a conversation with someone that, uh, and you had mentioned 
and I'm going to I'm going to quiz you about this. I'm going to see. I saw the correlation between anxiety and the uh, disruption of the um, system, the gut system within the human uh, uh, being, the the human creature, Um, because I noticed it in a relative of mine uh, who worries about certain things and the gut is always messed up. And so I'm going to have a conversation about you and that. So, okay, let's go back. Um, I want to go back, Laura, before all of this, because I believe that our minds are formed when we are younger, that we are programmed by society, church, mom, dad, uh, all friends, everything outside of ourselves began to program us and we began to um, accept some of their um, opinion of, of, of us. And we take those opinion and make it a reality. And we find ourselves in this state of unhappiness, joylessness, whatever you want to call it. Um, but in, in layman's term, we're just messed up. So um, talk to me uh, about some of those formative years uh, describe the family life and school and different things like that. Um, and then we'll walk from there. Yeah. So I grew up and I never felt I belonged. Right. Mm-hmm. So in my family and my friend groups, all things like that. So really kind of moving from that air arena really impacted the way that I related to other people, which is how I found my sense of belonging was through food. So I never had a normal relationship with food because I was either binging it or restricting it to keep myself regulated Mm -hmm. in a sense, I guess. And that's actually really common with people with eating disorders. They'll use it as a sense of belonging either to self or to people around them. Um, And I've always been an empath. Mm -hmm. Um, I take on everyone's emotions (laughs) as we do. Um, But at that age, there's no communication around. Now it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like the generations that are getting raised now, it's more of a mindful parenting, but that was not a thing. Uh It was like, stop crying. Yeah. Deal with it. You're too much emotion. Mm -hmm. Like what's wrong with you? And it was good intention. It's just like, they didn't know, Yeah, you know? And so growing up, it was always like, I don't belong because I have so many emotions or like, I'm always wrong because I have so many emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, which then I took that out of my body and kind of correlated from there and chose life events and you're right. You know, like our formative years prior to the age of seven is a huge sense of our attachment styles, our sense of belonging, mm-hmm. our relationship to self. Yeah. It could be impacted by our worthiness levels and things that we choose. And so I had very strict parenting growing up mm-hmm. um, from my mother and so was taught I'm not to be trusted making my own decisions because wow. if I make my own decisions, it's going to go wrong. And yeah. so from there, it's like, sense of belonging and lack of Mm self-trust. It didn't go so well for me growing up. Did all that kind of stuff. Um, And so now when I look back in hindsight, it's like, of course, like all of that makes sense. I give love to my younger self because it led me here. Yeah. But definitely from the ages, I would say nine until about 24 was a nice hot mess. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, most of us are, uh, uh, <laughs> we go, some of us are late bloomers 
uh, Laura, we go later, like in the 30s. So um, I'm not going to name any names, but I'm glad you got out of 20 something. That's really good. That's actually when I started all the good stuff and, and started losing my mind. But yeah, we are. And the thing that I mention to people all the time that life has a way of trying to grab our attention to say to us, there is more that I want from you. And uh, we tend to, because of the current state that we were back then, you know, most of us are not living in a state of awareness. So we don't pay attention to those. Very few of us do. Um, and But life keeps knocking and trying to tap us on the shoulder um, through certain incidents. And then one day we find ourselves in this dark place. And I believe, and I always, anyone listening to this podcast, the dark place is a beautiful place, but it's it's as painful as heck uh, um, to get there. And when you're there, Laura, I believe that's when we began to, um, we wake up. When was your awakening? You said you um, your 20s was a mess. <laughs> um how bad of a mess and when did you get that shaking to say, wait a minute, um, wake up? Yeah. So my life changed when I was 24 years old mm. and I was on my then partner's balcony. We had just had a physical altercation. He was very abusive. He was a drug addict. I was participating in those activities. It wasn't going well. Mm. Um, and I was sitting on the balcony contemplating taking my life. Um, this is the third time that happened. Wow. And in those moments, you have two choices, right? Like you either go about your life doing what you've been doing and you know where that's going to lead you and it's not going to end up well, mm -hmm. or you choose to get off that floor, go get the help that you need mm -hmm. and put one step in front of the other, even though you know it's going to be hard. Yeah. And in that moment, I realized it wasn't that I wanted to die. I just didn't want to live this way anymore. Mm-hmm. And that had been a theme in my life. I had unexpectedly lost my mom at 22, which sent me on this path around. I went to Asia, ended up, you know, running into the life that I had then, because it doesn't matter where you go. Your trauma is going to end up with you if yeah. you don't face it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how at that age to face it. I had been abusing my body since the age of 13. There was sexual assaults. There was, you know, drugs, alcohol, all that kind of stuff. And it just combined, like you said, God, universe, source will always give you people and places to show you where you're not free, mm -hmm. you know, and kept knocking, kept trying to show me up until this moment. And that's what led me into nutrition. Um, the next day I sat with a friend, I told her everyone knew what was going on in my relationship, mm -hmm. but no one really knew how to talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, and so she sat me down. I told her what was going on in my mind. Um, and she's like, well, you have a really, you know, disordered relationship with food. Cause at the time, I mean, my way of coping with stress and trauma was being obsessed with food. Mm -hmm. So I was over exercising. I was 40 pounds lighter than I am now. Um, I had IBS. I had all these food sensitivities. I had all these things that were wrong with me, hypo and hyperthyroidism. I hadn't had a cycle at that time in three years that went on for about five years, this whole thing. And she's like, okay, so like, you have a really disordered relationship with food. How'd you go learn about it? Like, how'd you go on this? Like, go, go do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I went on to study nutrition and become a health coach. Um, but even then everything I saw was 
and eliminations and restrictions. And that became an obsession because I still hadn't dealt with my trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I just threw myself into something that was a little bit more healthy. It did get me out of that relationship. It got me into Al-Anon. It got me into, you know, doing the 12 steps and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, for Al-Anon. But it was still not a space that I was like, okay, I feel safe enough to explore the wounds of my past. It was just, you need something else that's a little bit healthier than, you know, yeah, drugs yeah. and an abusive girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally, as I started to go through this transition, it was about when I was, I want to say like almost 27 mm-hmm. was when I was really at a complex. I had hit my numbers in work. I had all, done all these things and I was sitting there and I like closed my laptop and I was like, Oh, pickles. Like I, I still like, I'm still that wound in my heart is still there. I got the numbers. I made the money. I was out of the relationship. I had the health. I was doing all these things, but still, because I didn't deal with this stuff, mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable in my own presence. Like that lingering feeling of my discomfort in my soul was yeah. still there. Wow. And that's what really set me on this whole diving into the wounds of loss and trauma and just you know, you got to get yourself off the floor and out the doors and into that, but you do have to ultimately get yourself and regulate your nervous system and be able to feel safe enough to explore what it means to slow down and be in your own presence. And, you know, no amount of work or people or love or fitness is going to actually help you heal that. And so I would say the last like two years have been monumental Hmm. in that arena. And that's why our brand now is more based on trauma recovery and stuff like that, as opposed to just gut health, because really at the root, it was gut health was just a thing to get my butt off that floor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I always coined this phrase that everyone is traumatized. Every one of us that have hit this planet, uh, we are traumatized because the, all of our teachers were imperfect in their ways, meaning our parents, our grandparents, um, society, uh, church, every institution, every individual is imperfect in their ways. And so all of us will be traumatized because of that. And it takes guts to begin to um, stop being busy. Uh, The busyness of living has caused us to hide much of our pain. And you hear it in your story that you became busy. In the busyness of this, you, you are, your personality, as I'm listening to you, is obsessive in its co- uh, parts of it. And you become obsessive, driven is more of the term, I would say, um, where you become driven, um, and you are, you just take, you switch from one place to another and became driven with this and not really looking at that beautiful person in there and that, that young girl that has been carrying this tremendous burden and weight. And uh, she now wants to have this conversation with you. How did that come about? Exactly. That's spot on. And when she, like when she does speak, it's now it's a very <laughs> open communication. It's yeah. not a scary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, at first it is sitting in your thoughts, yeah. figuring out like what is my thought and what's my past programming, mm-hmm. you know, like sitting in therapy. And, you know, I remember the moment and she was like, asked me, she's like, 
well, who is that? Like I was talking about just like having to push through work and all these kind of things. And she's like, well, whose voice is that? <laughs> and at first it was like, oh, it's my younger self. And I was like, oh, wait a second. No, like that's my mother's voice. Yeah. Like, that is things I'm carrying that aren't even mine. Like, do I want to let that go? Yes. Like I'm so ready to reprogram that. And yeah. It's, Honestly, for me, it's, it's understanding the science behind it. Like for me, that's so freeing being like, oh, like 95% of who I am right now is just a cellular memory of who I've been. Mm -hmm. And it's majority programmed since the age of prior to seven years old. I'm like, oh, okay. So that makes sense. Why my like inner child and all these belief systems? I'm like, okay, so, but we have 5% yeah. critical thinking brain to change that. And so yeah. it's like taking radical responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's oftentimes when things happen, we sit in victim mentality yes. and that's what leads us to abusing ourselves and being around people and doing things like that. And it's like, okay, how can I actually take responsibility for my life to create my life with intentionality? Mm -hmm. Because we only get one of them. You know, yeah. Our souls, they'll go on and they'll do these kind of things, but we only have one of these things. Yes. So how, when I'm 97 and old, do I want to look back and tell the story in hindsight? What does that journey look like? How did I actually overcome these things? What was the conversations I had with myself so that not only can change my life, but my children's and my children's children's? Like, what is that evolution and growth in my lifetime? Yeah, this is um, it's a beautiful place to be. It is one of the most painful places to be. Um, talk to us about how you learned to start loving this young girl. And uh, as you learn to love yourself, what processes did you take place? I hear you talk about uh, seeking help, and a lot of people don't want to do that. But we all need help. Uh, we are in this together. Um, talk to us about some of the um, the dark places that you had to visit uh, as you have this conversation um, with yourself and learning to accept yourself and then learning to love that person that you saw and uh, uh, accepting her and uh, realizing the strength that she had and how did you learn to move and love her from that place? Great question. Um, again, it's been an evolution. It started with, um, I went to Al-Anon and I got support. And so for anyone that doesn't know, that's 12 step program for women or not women for children or partners of people of alcoholics or addicts. Um, and so I started there really, it was just a space because there was no one to talk to that really mm -hmm. got it. Like you can have friends and they'll be like, leave him, da, 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 like all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And it's like, it's not that simple. Like I really wish it was, but it's not that yeah. simple of just like get off the floor and leave it. It's a long grueling process that tugs at your soul and codependency is no joke. And, you know, my mom was an addict as well. So it's just all of this reprogramming and attachment yeah. styles and things like that. Um, lots of therapy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was the difference I've like, I've been in and out of therapy my whole life, but actually wanting to be there. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it takes a special kind of like motivate like a different kind of tone when you go to yeah. therapy and you want to be there not because you think you're broken and someone else is going to fix you because no one can do that yeah it's when you're sitting in that chair and you're like i want you to ask me the questions that make me reflect a little bit deeper like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm open and willing to look at that i'm not willing for you to diagnose me and give me something ask me the questions that i'm not seeing like where's my blind spot why do i keep repeating these patterns 
Yeah. And I switched my mindset away from fault because I spent a lot of my life not wanting to look at the woman in the mirror. Like literally I didn't want to make eye contact with myself and I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't have respect and things like that because I thought I was at fault for all the things that had happened mm-hmm. to the sexual assaults, to the early childhood trauma, to things like that. I thought I was t- at fault, but really I'm not, I'm just responsible for how I continue to carry that with me. Yeah. And so the reason we don't like to look at things is because we get confused with, I don't want to look at the monster under the bed because then that means it's mine. Yeah. Yeah. But really it's not yours. It just makes sense to the, the choices that I've made specifically were a trauma response. Yeah. You know, I was in survival mode. I'm used to the chaos. That's how I thought normal things were because of how my life was. But that doesn't mean I'm at fault for those things. I'm just responsible that I continue to carry that cycle with me. And so really going to therapy and breaking that down, understanding it, I'm very much into spirituality, very honest. I have a lot of like my personal development comes with my business, you know, masterminds, sisterhood, um, healing the mother wound, you know, mm-hmm. looking into all that stuff and working just on radical forgiveness. And it's still a constant thing I do. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, I'll have the inner things come out sometimes and it's just reframing that in my mind of like, is that mine? Is that something programming from my past? Is it something that happened last week? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like what's yeah. going on here? And can we start to shift this pattern to feel a little bit more love for myself? And really, you know, I don't even strive for liking myself every day. Cause that's, you know, it's not going to be a thing, but do I love myself mm-hmm. most days? Sure. But, the main thing I'm striving for is just neutrality. Yeah. You know, like it's not good or bad. It's, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And so if, and days when it's a little bit lower and my depression kicks in or my anxiety or things like that happen, it's like, okay, we don't have to like you today. It's fine. But can we like rest a little bit? Can <laughs> we honor the cues that your body's giving you? Like, can we do this a little bit? And it's like, yeah, we can lean into that. And it's just getting into communication with yourself yes. and a lot of us fear it. Like, you yeah. know, how you touched on the busyness of life and things like that. Like we will stay busy just to avoid, just to avoid the avoid silence it. Yeah. and the quiet of our thoughts. That's, mm-hmm. I find that. But it's a p- place of growth. And yeah. It's, it's a place of power. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wrote a book uh, many years ago and I talked about solitude being a place of solitude. And I, uh, my background is Christianity. I grew up in that, and I refer to that a lot uh, because there are some excellent stories in there. And uh, uh, anytime I read where Jesus did anything, walking on water, um, feeding 5,000, doing all that thing, he came from a place of solitude. He was there in this garden, or he's somewhere in a mountain, somewhere where he was facing who he was, and as a result of that uh, time spent, he is then able to create miracles. And I think that's what we are as we spent that time. I believe it is the rewiring of our brain. You talk about the, um, the belief system. The belief system is a, is a beautiful thing. It can keep you in bondage. I know people that are 80, 90 years old that are still in bondage because of their belief. They haven't been able to, they don't even know who they are and how it's a beautiful journey to get on to know who they are. It's painful. And as you said, a lot of people, especially Western civilization mentality is that we are born to run. 
Um, and when you go to Asia and all those different um, places, they're, they're not born to run. They're more like laid back. And the mentality is a little more laid back. And when you talk to those people, you'd be amazed at some of the wisdom that come out of them. It's just absolutely beautiful. But it's because we program. Our culture programs us. And here you are, this young woman, deprogramming yourself and uh, beginning to get a chance to smile at yourself again, look at yourself in the mirror and face yourself this time in, um, in your space of neutrality. Um, you have, uh, looking back, you've come to this place. And so here you are. Now I want to talk to you, Laura, as, as from, from that place and from the, where you came, how did this young woman now begin to pivot and say, you know, I want to be a teacher. I want to coach. How did you start developing the, uh, the, your programs? I mean, here is this young woman just now is going to do this pivot. What took place? <laughs> so <laughs> oddly enough, today I kicked out that abusive boyfriend was the day I got my first client. <laughs> I'll tell you anyway. something. I'll tell you something about that. Um, I've heard, I've done so many conversations and every time someone tells me when they handled um, a fearful thing, a, a, a wall that was standing in front of them, when they remove that wall, whatever relationship that is, blessing is right behind. I, and I believe, Laura, it's always been there. It, it's just there mm -hmm. waiting for you and I to move the obstacle of, out of the way. And then it'll, it'll show up. I, I think it's just knocking on the door saying, get, get them out. <laughs> Exactly. And it's funny because now in my life, I see that happening often. It's like pivot this way and the universe, God's source is like, yeah. hello, we've been waiting. Waiting, like, yeah. Okay, we need to get into this intuition. Um, but yeah, people had seen, like I said, I was a huge partier. Like, mm -hmm. That's what I was known for. I was living in Bangkok. It's a big party city. I, yep. was, I was wearing that crown. <laughs> um but people saw me, even though I was still in this relationship, they saw me pivot yeah. where I had cut out all my friends. I had gotten super healthy, like was sharing it on Instagram, whatever. And so someone asked me, Hey, like, I see what you're doing. Can I pay you? Hmm. And from there it started from there. I mean, in Bangkok, I was the only gut person that was a foreigner as well. So, you know, I got asked to speak at universities and, and on panels and at hospitals and to be in these little platforms mm -hmm. that would help to kind of communicate this stuff and help to talk to people about it. Um, also with mental health, because it wasn't a topic people spoke about. And yeah. I openly about my mental health stuff because I know it helps people and it's what helped me. So I have no problem sharing those things. And it all just happened. As it does, like, and just like before we even spoke, how you were talking, how this platform is a conduit of you. That's what I always, that's why I was like, because ah, that's what I always say about healing to happy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just a conduit. Like, it saved my life. Like, this little yeah. baby of mine, like, it saved my life. And now it's just like coming up with my programs and things like that. I just sit down and 
it, it's like, it comes to me that I, that's just like, this is what needs to be spoken about. And that's, it just kind of goes and it's so fluid. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people don't get that blessing in their business and stuff. And it takes this hard work and grit and really like, since I've stopped pushing to try and be something I'm not, and I just yes. be who I am, like the programs, I create a program a month. Like, it's just so easy for me wow. because it's, I'm connected to the work. I'm always doing the work. I'm in, like, I am my best client. I show up for every single module. I am there <laughs> for every live. Like, I'm there. Do all the homework. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's helped to change my life. And it feels like it'd be selfish if I didn't speak on the things that I have done to get here and will continue to do to get to that next level. You know, because yeah. I've also realized my work and like the biggest thing about my work now is it's not about food sensitivities and healing, all that kind of stuff. It's being able to connect with your family, mm-hmm. finding love you actually can receive. It's yeah. it's having this excitement, this pleasure. And when we have that, specifically for women, when we stop being angry at each other, when we stop trying to compete, when we stop trying to hustle ahead or be angry about certain things from our childhood that we then carry on to our future children, like when we stop doing that, we create a better world. Mm-hmm. When we're just kinder. So it feels so much more than just like, oh, great. Like I have consistent bowel movements. Yay. Yeah. Like it, it's just, you, know, you connect with yourself. You no longer live in fear. And, you know, I see how my life has completely changed. Like I have a, a wonderful relationship with my family now. I have a love that is changing the trajectory of love in our family. Like, you know, my health, the things like relationship to money, like it's so much more than that. And it's completely changed the bitter, angry, violent woman that I once was to now sitting in this piece where it's like, if more people can have that transition, that's how we change the world at the end of the day. Absolutely. I believe you are um, from listening to you. And I, and this is why I believe people go through the things that they go through. Um, I know it's harsh to say because you are the best candidate. Why did I say that? Because once you have gone through those testings, those um, opportunities to create who you are today, who else could be the best ambassador for that? Who else? There is no better <laughs> ambassador that can speak to those situations that you have personally uh, been through, you have been personally acquainted with, uh, you are very much in tune to how you react, the pain, the joy, all of those things that were encompassed within that um, situation that you and those situations that you walk through. And at the end of that, I tell them, this is the most glorious thing of all of this becoming a better student of yourself, is that you are able to become a servant It is one of the most beautiful things that an individual can do. And here you are in your life right now, an ambassador, a servant. Talk to me about, I know you mentioned that you are your best uh, client, and as it should be, since you are that ambassador that will be taking that message to the different people out there. Talk to me as that ambassador, as to how does it make you feel when you encounter someone and have a conversation 
to help them to move from their dark places. Yeah, I mean, being in the presence of of a woman who knows she can do more than what she's doing, mm-hmm. that's just power. Yeah. You know, that's so empowering. It's never, you know, when we first start these things, we often feel like we have to do it alone because we feel like we're less than. Mm-hmm. And so my entire mission is to sit with women and we're on the same wavelength. We're on the same level. I just happen to be a little bit higher up on that mountain. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what footholds to step in yeah, to get up here yeah. in the safest way possible, but I'm still on that mountain with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still climbing it. I still have things to go through. I still have trauma. I still have all these kind of things. I'm just at a different level, Yeah, you yeah. know? And so I can help to guide you on how to get up that mountain a lot easier. And it's when a woman, like when you, when you're told you're not broken, anymore after years of Western medicine or whatever, telling you that Mm -hmm. you're like, no, like you actually get to overcome that. Like scientifically, that doesn't even make sense. Like let's talk about epigenetics. Let's talk about the gut brain connection. Let's talk about neuroplasticity. Like let's break it down with science. That's that's my love for it. And you see this light come in and like, I get messages daily of like, Oh my God, I get to enjoy food again. And I'm (laughs) giggling and I'm playing and this is so enjoyable. And I'm like, that's the point. Yeah. Life is like we have one of these lives. Why the heck are we not making it pleasurable? Why are we putting ourselves in a box? Why don't we get to explore what we like, what we don't like? What's the full expression of who I am? When you sit down with a woman that is like, what are you, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. How do how do I do that? Yeah. And like they have that spark of hope in them, that desire, that drive. You're like, wow, you're just like me. Yeah. Like you you're gonna get here. You might even get here beyond me. Like let's see what magic we can create in this moment right now, so we can start to ke- collapse time in your healing. Like it just, ah, I love it. Yeah, that's I mean, beautiful so stuff, isn't it? It, it? There's nothing. There's no high that can compare to that. There's none that. Um, uh, I did some of my partying too. So, and when I say the reference, there is no high that can compare to that at all. To see the pureness of a smile of someone um, receiving that revelation, that insight as to how they can become a better human spirit is, is intoxicating to the human spirit to see that. Um, it has been a pleasure, Laura. We're not done yet. No, no, I still got a couple of more, well, <laughs> a couple more questions there. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that you had talked about, uh, and I want to go back to some of the science behind the things, because I, I think when we demystify certain things, I think people will get a chance to understand that. All of your emotions, your anxiety, um, anger, all of them originate from a thought. And if you don't think a thought has any type of power, you need to look at how we behave in society. You need to look at the people in jail because it was a thought that caused them to cause harm to that person. Um, the power of a thought and the emotion that it ties to, because I studied the brain and and, uh, I've mentioned it, I know what the brain looks like once we have all these thoughts and how it ignites this feel that if people get a chance to see what happens in the human brain about that, how it gets busy 
and you have all of these things. I want you to talk to some of those science because I think people need to, I love how you started to demystify some of them. Um, uh, speak to a little about that science that helped you to demystify some of those belief system that had tied you up in bondage. Yeah. So like I said, my mom was an addict and she struggled with depression. So at an early age of 13, I was told, oh, it runs in your family. You have depression. Here you go. And mm. like sent me on my way. Didn't ask about my lifestyle. Didn't ask about home life. Didn't ask, like all this kind of stuff. It was just like, oh, your mom has it. Here you go. Here's your medication. <laughs> 13 uh, years old. You don't question that. You're just going, yeah. okay. Sure. Like I'm broken. Of course. Like whatever. Same thing with IBS. It was like, this is something you're going to have for the rest of your life. Sent on your way. Whatever. It's like, I don't really know what that means, but sure. (laughs) Let me go with this. And so it perpetuated this cycle of living in fear against my body. Yeah. Right. Being like, well, you're broken anyways. Might as well disconnect from you. Disassociate, Mm -hmm. just not be in tune with you. Um, As I got older and my moment of rock bottom, And I'm sitting in class and they're teaching me about, you know, how the microbiome changes within four days of eating. Mm -hmm. So the microbiome is, you know, inside of our gut, the bacteria, things like that. And they're like, it changes within four days of eating. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) They told me I'm stuck with this for a lifetime. You're telling me this can be fixed in four days. Um, And and it cannot be fixed in four days, but it can start to repair itself in four days when you do the right thing. Um, You know, epigenetics. I'm told I'm going to have fertility issues because it runs in my family. I'm going to have thyroid issues because it runs in my family. And I did have those things, but I'm also learning about epigenetics and how my lifestyle choices mm-hmm. actually, yes, I have a genetic predisposition, but my genetic, the way I live my life can turn that switch turn around. and mm-hmm. on. Yep. And I was like, well, so I can turn this <laughs> off is what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Cool. And then neuroplasticity, we can change the way our brains fire and wire. Like yep. I was talking about the subconscious brain and the critical thinking brain. Mm-hmm. We just have to use our critical thinking brain to challenge the subconscious to reframe things. And I'm like, wait, so I'm not stuck with anxiety and depression is what you're saying. And so I started to dive into this stuff, learn about the gut brain connection, learn about our metabolism, learn about our nervous system regulation and things of that nature and how trauma impacts everything and how different, you know, neurotransmitters get turned off and on and how, you know, hormones and chemicals in our bodies, like, you know, if our sympathetic nervous system is spiking our cortisol and our adrenaline and our noradrenaline, Mm -hmm. which are the things that, you know get you agitated and your heart beat up and your muscles tense and useful when you're actually in danger. Very useful, not useful when you're just chilling on the couch and you can't get used to being calm. You know, we want to be in our parasympathetic where we're in our rest and digest. We can feel things like dopamine and serotonin and neuropinephrine and things that keep us happy, calm and rewarded. But if we're stuck in a trauma response, which is what I had. It didn't matter how perfect my diet was. Yep. It didn't matter how how much yoga I did or did not do. Like that did not matter because my body was still stuck in this trauma state. Mm-hmm. My brain hadn't changed yet. But putting these things into place actually started to help. You know, so yes, healing the body and paying attention to eating the right foods that helped to downregulate my nervous system a little bit more as well. Eating the right foods for my brain to start to repair itself. Definitely useful. 
really focusing on how I was spending my time, regulating my nervous system, getting my cortisol levels down, that changes everything. And it's just these small moves that you have to start making daily that will help to heal the body as a whole unit. It's not just let me look at my brain and that's only one arena and let me look at my gut and that's it one arena. Let me look at my hormones and that and no. When we look at the whole body as a whole unit based on your life experiences, like Oprah just came not just, but she has that book that says what happened to you. Instead yeah. of what's wrong with you, we have to start looking at what happened to you that put your body into this fight or flight it state. So that we can yeah. actually start to heal from there. And so just learning about these different arenas based on you know, what thing I was looking at in my body, it felt like I could breathe again. It was like, Oh, like this is all fixable. It's going to take a lot of time. And I understand that I'm here for it, but it's definitely, it's a journey of a lifetime for sure. Hmm. There's a reason why I asked that question, Laura, because the reason why I asked that was, um, it was twofold. I wanted them, I wanted you to demystify it, but I wanted also the audience to hear what you have accomplished, because my goal is that I want to send them to you for that. Um, because most people, uh, I deal with a lot of women that um, are trapped within that circle of thinking. And I brought that up because I had a conversation with someone recently. And uh, uh, in doing so, I want, um, I want her to hear, I want that person to hear what you said so that you can now uh, guide because uh, I'm going to, I'm going to personally tell her, get in touch with you so that you can <laughs> guide her out of that because a lot of uh, people are, get trapped there and uh, don't know how to move. And I heard you talk about how you got there and the little steps that you took to get out. And, um, I am looking at a woman that, and I've read your, the accomplishments and the things that you have created today, Laura. And I want to say uh, to you that I am, um, I am much older. And so I want to say uh, congratulations and get out there. And I know as a creator, once you are, aw are awake, you continually create. And so, um, you're going to have so much more going on in the next couple of months than you have today. And I am employing everyone that is listening to this podcast. I want you to take what Laura talked about. I want you guys to get in touch with her. I know she has classes. She has courses. She talks about her module. As she said, get in there and come out and call her and give her that big grin on her face so that she can stand up and, and send me an email and said, Ken, uh, guess what? <laughs> and so, Laura, I just want to thank you for ingratiating us with your presence, with your wisdom, with your, your story, your precious uh, journey that you were on and how you came out. I deeply appreciate uh, the fact that you came to us. And I know the world is a better place that you are now a teacher, an ambassador that is equipped and ready for anything. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for what you're doing into creating this space. Like I am so honored and so just my heart feels very full right now. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> 
everyone who's listening to this broadcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this broadcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.